Hello everyone, my name is Wes Asmao, welcome to another episode of Two Ways to Skin a Cat, a show where we talk career experiences, entrepreneurship and investments. The main aim is to show that there's more than one way to be successful other than just climbing the corporate ladder. We are live on LinkedIn and YouTube and the show will be available on podcast by tomorrow. So for those of you who've watched quite a few of these episodes, if you know anyone else who would benefit from watching, please share it with one person. If you're watching live, Drop a one in the comments so that we know we're not talking to ourselves. And drop a two in the comments if you're watching the recording. My guest for this week is Tumisa Slapo, data analytics leader at the JSC listed company. She was also a Mail and Guardian top 200 South African, along with receiving many, many other accolades. Tumisa, thanks so much for joining me today. Let's jump straight into it. Where do you come from? Uh, and even outside of work, tell us your story. Who is Kumisa Shlapo? Give us that backstory. That backstory. Well, first of all, I think thank you so much, Wes. Um, I I follow the platform quite a quite a lot, and there are some um, very people that I respect a lot that have been on the platform. So quite exciting when you invited me to join. Thank you so much. Um, it's quite an honor. So um, I think who I am. Um, sure. Uh, it's quite a long backstory, but I'm going to shorten it. So Numisa Shapo is a mother. Um, that's my favorite title. So I like to start with that one, is a mother. Um, I've got two very busy um, um, first grader and third grader. Um, yeah, I'm a wife and um, I'm a mentor. I'm a speaker and I'm very passionate about data analytics. Um, and I think my backstory, where do I come from? I'm originally from Cape Town. So I'm a Cape Townian. I was born and raised in Kailicha, um, and I only came to Joburg actually in 2016. Um, this is what happens to women when we get married. Get married and they whisk you away to another city. <laughs> so this is my eighth year in Johannesburg now. I work in data analytics. I've been in data analytics for all of my career since straight after varsity. I went into business intelligence. So it's been since 2010, if I count my internship, um it's about 14 years oh my gosh i'm old it's about 14 years that i've been in data analytics um i've always been passionate about technology because i went to a medicine science med science and technology school um in my high schooling year so that really op like opened my mind to what's the what's out there in terms of um technology even though i didn't know about data careers at the moment i knew i wanted to get into tech and yeah so 14 years later here i am in johannesburg i'm a senior manager at afrocentric for the data analytics team. And um, what do you do on the weekends? On the weekends? Well, uh, between running after my little ones, <laughs> being a wife, running errands, I do have quite a few passion projects that I do. Um, like I said, I'm very passionate about data analytics, right? So I think professionally, I'm fortunate enough to, be, um, to have worked. I think this is my fifth JSE listed company. Um, that I'm working in right now, and they're all industry leaders in their respective fields. So I've worked for the two uh, big retailers in South Africa. I've worked for two major banks, and now I'm in the leading healthcare um, organization that you know um, looks after um, 3.8 million lives wow. that are under our care from a medical and health, private healthcare perspective that we look after. So I mean, I've been fortunate that from the from the work front that I get to do that, but. Um, on weekends, I do do a lot of passion projects. I have an organization called Data Consortium, 
And what we do, what I do there is really to garner other professionals and senior executives in the industry and get them to participating in building upcoming workforce within the data and analytics space because the way in which the industry is rapidly growing it's testament to the fact that we're going to need more people we're going to need more talent and i think with the high unemployment um you know problem that we find ourselves with in south africa it's an opportunity for those people to to engage with young people and show them that there's a home for them in data analytics so on weekends that's what i do or i read a good book and learn my couch that's great so for those of you uh, of the people out there who don't know much about data analytics, can you give us a little bit of a definition for the uninformed? Sure. Um, data analytics, oh, oh my gosh. There's so many, so many layman's definitions that I will give, but I think it's the collection and usage of data to inform about to inform us about what is happening around us. I think when I speak, especially to non-data people, that's the best way we can describe it. Currently, right, the average person has got two devices, two digital devices that they use, right? Globally. Now, if you look at the entire population, currently the so those date, those digital points, let's say, let's say you have a cell phone and a smartwatch. Your Apple Watch, those are two data points. Those devices are collecting data at a time. As we speak on this live, we're collecting data. So um, as you transact on your banking app that you you know that's data being collected, as you filter yourself on your app as ladies we like to take pictures and filter ourselves that's a data collection point when you interact on instagram that's a data collection point so what i'm trying to say by laboring that point is that everything around us is a data collection point so data analytics is about collecting all of that data and making sense of it and telling us as humans what is happening at a time so in healthcare I tell my organization about what's happening in the healthcare land space. I tell them how sick our people are that we're taking care of based on various touch points. I tell them how healthy they are. I tell them what they, you, you know what I mean? You give them the sense. From a banking perspective, you collect financial data. So even as a person, you are a working data generator. You can collect your own data and analyze it. And for somebody who maybe wants to join the industry, but they don't know much about it, what competencies would someone have if they want to join, become part of the analytics industry? Um, so, I mean, there's the there's the uh, formal degrees that people look for um, when it comes to data analytics. So, various people look for different degrees. The, the, I think the, the the most common one that you will see in a lot of specs is the statistics one. But I'll put you to to at ease. I don't have a statistics degree. I probably wouldn't last a class in statistics. I'll tell you now. Um, um, so I think uh, so one of I think for me, it's being a problem solver because data understanding data is almost always about solving a problem. Right. So if you're looking at healthcare data, you're trying to solve a healthcare problem. So you need to sub to be someone that really has an appetite um, to to solve problems. Obviously, you need to be someone that is um, that is um, quite acute when it comes to technology because we work with a lot of different technologies. And I think also one an, another underrated um, skill and competency, you need to be able to work with ambiguity, right? If 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 you're someone that's used that that likes to, I just want to know what what are the steps one to five, and that's what I want to do one to five every day, perhaps data analytics is not for you. But if you are someone that can take something that's not clear, that's ambiguous, where we're saying that find the answer, but we don't know the question. 
So look at the data and find the answer, but we don't know what the question to ask you is. Have the appetite to do that. Um, and I think you've gone half the journey. The rest of the things, I always say the technical stuff, the tools, the SQL, the Python, the Power BI, the Tableau, Excel, we can teach you those things. But I think if you if you are someone that really loves solving problems, you've done half the job. And so I think as people would like to say, we like solving problems, right? But you really need to like solving problems. Hence, I was making this example that you need to be someone that's comfortable with us, with, with people saying, okay, find the, the answer, but we don't know the, the, the question, because that can be very frustrating. I see it sometimes with a lot of people in my, that come into the space, you know, and they join our teams and you're like, this is how we work. But soon enough, you know, people find their feet and they learn how to find the answer without the question. So you need to have that kind of um, appetite. Find the answer without the question. Sounds deep. <laughs> guys. I'll take it. I'll take it. For the audience, we'll be responding to questions towards the end. So please add your questions to the comment section now so that we don't miss them. So I've noticed, I mean, you've worked, you mentioned it now, you've worked at a few large corporates and you've started and you've transitioned into leadership positions. Um, and it's also at different types of enterprises and it's different, uh, yeah. different types of organizations. What advice do you have to someone who wants to become a leader like you, but doesn't know where to start? Um, I think there's a book that I always recommend that my boss also recommended. My favorite boss, which is my current boss. So current boss, always your favorite boss. That you recommended <laughs> the leader with no title, right? And I think the title says it all, right? If you're wanting to grow and be a leader in whatever the space is, whether it's data analytics, whether it's um, it's it's accounting, whether it's uh, PR and marketing, you need to lead first without the title, because leadership is um, if if for anyone to take a chance on Numisa and say Numisa, I want you to come and lead a team, and I haven't led a team before, they will only take me based on potential, right? Like if we agree that every leader starts and, and gets hired to be a leader based on potential, because you've never led before, but you have to have a start. So how do you then best demonstrate that potential? You need to do it before you actually get the title. And the thing that requires a lot of authenticity and honesty with yourself, because it can be a thankless, um, a thankless job in the beginning, whereby you're taking initiative, you're raising your hand for things. And I think for the women that are in the audience, you're raising your hand for things. I'm going to lament that because funny enough, in 2024, we still have women that, you know, um, take a step back and shy away. You raise your hand, you take the initiative, you speak. And when there's an opportunity, when there's important ears in the room who will then take the, the uh, you know, put the bet on you as a leader and obviously demonstrates the integrity the qualities of leadership. So I think it's important to do your research and understand what does a leader look like in my area of, um, of uh, in my discipline? What does a leader look like? What does a leader have? For me, one of the things that I knew is that if I'm going to lead in this space, I need to understand um, and lead confidently. I need to be able to speak to front end, front facing people that engage with the consumer, with the client, with the CEO, with, the, with everyone, right? At the same time, I need to be able to have the technical competencies that happen in the background in order to deliver what we discussed in the front end. So those are some of the things that I then sought to, to go for in the beginning of my career. And obviously, as time goes, you need to understand what are some of what are what kind of a leader do you want to be? There's a lot of content out there. And then start applying that, developing that, right? Because then you build the self-awareness of knowing that actually 
you know, as Lumi said, I'm strong at raising my hand, but perhaps I'm not strong at um, leading with action. So or maybe I'm not strong at um, selling a vision to uh, subordinates for people to follow. You, you begin that journey of self-awareness early. And I think that's what then attracts the opportunity for people to then, you know, say, you know what, I will take a bet on Erase because I know I've seen it. And touching again on, uh, I, I mentioned it before, but I mean, you move from retail companies to banks and our healthcare or investment company. These are very different businesses. How do you adapt to those changes? Because I mean, in my mind, it's not easy. You're not doing the same thing that you were doing before. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the nice thing about data is that wherever you go, we are solving the problem without the question. We're literally doing the same thing, right? The methods that you're going to use are the same. It's just that it's a different topic. And for me, I'm someone that gets bored very easily. I don't like to deal with the same thing all the time, right? So I, I suppose that then created tolerance for discovering something new. But if you are going to uh, thrive in data analytics, that is something that you need to, to develop, right? Um, so for me, I look at it like I'm applying the same methods, the same discipline. If we're talking about data science, data governance, um, if we're talking about um, policies when it comes to data, it's the same. Whether you're in, you're in healthcare or whether you're in, um, it's the same. So I think that's how I was able to survive because I made sure that the core principles that, are, that I need to understand that make data analytics as a discipline are better down. And then in terms of the, the subject that I'm applying it to, then it really doesn't matter. In fact, it becomes an exciting journey of discovery. I've been with my organization right now, Afrocentric, for two years. I'm still learning new terms and acronyms. Okay. okay. And I mean, in, in 2022, you were voted Maryland Guardian by Maryland Guardian as one of the top 200 South Africans. How did you become eligible for that? Um, it's through the work. So the, the theme of that year was South Africans that are shaping the future. Um, young South Africans that are shaping the future of South Africa. So, I mean, it's it's then it's it's through the impact of the work that you do, right? So I do a lot of work in my organization where I I I, I deliberately contribute to. I always take it like I'm not just a senior manager in data analytics, right, or a leader in data analytics. I use data to make um, quality healthcare accessible to as many custom uh, South Africans as possible. So that's in a way using my job to impact my community, right? Only 16% of South Africans have access to private healthcare right now. The rest of the 84%, wow. they rely on government, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So then our mandate as private healthcare is to say, how do we make this accessible financially and in, in every way possible? to as many South Africans as possible because everyone deserves quality healthcare. So that's how you make an impact, that's number one. And obviously then through the work that I do outside of that, where I invest a lot of time in helping people find their path and navigate their way and get started in data analytics. Because I believe with, um, with data analytics is forever evolving, we're now in the AI age, which is also part of the data family. There's a lot of opportunity for our young people. So then my mandate is to say that, let's equip South Africans so that they can partake, right? in the value that comes with all these innovations. 
right? So that we don't always have to import for us, you know, import workforce in order for us to partake in AI. Let's grow homegrown talent so that as we evolve as a nation and we tap into tech, we can be able to create African solutions for African people using all these technologies. So it was through um, initiatives like, like that that I, it was through that, I think, um, that, or that outlook when it comes to the work that I do in all spheres. And I hear you also have your own podcast. Tell us about that. <laughs> so I, I I do have my own podcast. It's called Data Talk. Um, Data Talk podcast with Numisa. It's available on all um, podcasting platforms. So the purpose of that podcast was really to, to start the conversation. It actually started as LinkedIn live conversations. That's like where it started. We are invited a lot of the executives that are in the data space, those who do have LinkedIn. Some of them, I had to create a profile for them <laughs> so, they <can> just connect. <laughs> so that they can just connect, you know. But to say to them, this is where the young people that we want to tap into are. So that was my thinking at the moment. I talk a lot about my, about my work everywhere I go, even on dinner tables at home, like seriously, on Christmas, I'm talking data. So now you get a lot of people that are like, okay, like, what is it about? How do I get started? I got a lot of that on Instagram. I was like, okay, let's do Instagram lives. Let's ask them, where did you start, right? What are the things? Because these people are the hiring managers. Let's ask them, how do I get my CV through to your desk? What are the boxes that I need to, 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 um, to, to take, right? I mean, we had executives from companies such as F&B, um, you know, people that are, are owners of, of AI startup companies straight out of varsity, quite a few successful people. It's to, the, the entire aim of the podcast is to say, how did you do it? We had representation from Canada, from Kenya, and we had representation from um, Pakistan. So we had quite a few, quite a few people. And I like those different perspectives because I always say data is a global language. I was in the U.S. with the Tech Women program last year. I was fortunate enough to be selected for that. Last year, spent spent five weeks in Silicon Valley. But let me tell you, when I say that, the level of conversation when it comes to data that I was able to then partake in is testament to the fact that data is a global language. We're all navigating AI at the moment. Hence, it was important to bring those people and say, bring the different perspectives from Silicon Valley, from Canada, from Amazon, from, um, you know, these big companies. Tell us, how do we partake in it? Where do I get started? And how do I increase my chances? Um, in getting into into this data thing, so that's the the heart behind the podcast. I want to switch over to. Uh, I see there's a question from the audience. We've got a question from Deidre who says, "As a woman in leadership, what is the greatest challenge you encounter, and how do you overcome it?" Sure. Um. So, um. Thank you for that question. Right. It requires a bit of vulnerability from me. <clears throat> Not prepared. But <laughs> Um, so I think as a woman, one of my biggest challenges, right, I'll speak for myself, has been it's two-pronged, right? Showing up as a woman in leadership is not the same as showing up as a man. It's not the same experience, right? It's not the same experience in terms of externally, how you are received and how you expected to show up and the boxes that you need to tick as a woman. But it's also not, it, for me, it has also not been the same internally, as well in terms of negative self-beliefs that perhaps come from the fact that um, we don't have a lot of strong and relatable maybe women that we can access at a time to like men have plenty because 
you know? So for me, that showing up and actually making my voice heard and actually allowing my impact to, to allow myself to leave my impact in the room, walk into a boardroom and really say your piece in terms of, and, and, and you know, Ghana in your, your, your experience, because I know the kind of experience that I have, I've been intentional about building it. But, you know, having, for me, it's been showing up and demonstrating that and leaving it on the table and walking out with nothing, um, you know, that I'm still holding on to that I didn't leave on the table. And that was obviously because of obvious stereotypes that we know that exist. But I do want to also take responsibility and say there was an, an element of ownership that I needed to take and say, what are some of the negative self-beliefs that I hold about myself as a woman in leadership? And how do I go about addressing them one by one? And it's a messy job. And I've had to, 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 to go on that journey. It's been an amazing experience. I'm still growing in it. And I'm grateful that I get to be a woman in leadership because in, in the South African context, in the African context, in the data space, because I get to discover more of myself that I wouldn't have had I not had to walk in and step up into that role. I think that, that, that helps a lot. Um, before we, we end off and we'll get thoughts from you, this is one question I like to ask all my guests. What is one piece of advice you would give your younger self? <laughs> one piece of advice I would give my younger self is trust yourself more. You're doing great. Trust yourself. You are doing great. Simple and sweet. I like it. Any last few words from you or anything we didn't discuss that you'd like the audience to know? Um, I think any any from me, it would be just to say that, you know, the data space is very broad. Um, there's opportunity there. If it's not for you, then it's for your neighbor, it's for your cousin, it's for someone in your sphere of influence. Um, I do believe that as African um, young and old people, we need to step up to the plane as it's taking off. Uh, historically, as Africans, we've trailed behind. And so what I want to say is that now is the opportunity for us to be on par with the rest of the world. And this is one field where the ground is level right because we have access to 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 the same kind of resources and everything so i want to say that um it's an opportunity it's a space that's open please explore it if not for you for the next person when we talk about about data and analytics and digital we're speaking ai we're speaking cyber security there's so many rooms and components that can really help us solve um the big um you know they call it a ticking time bomb of youth unemployment in South Africa because we have graduates that are unemployment and that are unemployed. That pains me because going through school is not a child's play. It can literally send you to your grave. So to see our young people go through that journey and still, you know, uh, struggle to find work, I think this is one field that can solve that problem right now. So I think that's that's what I want to that's what I want to say that if it's not for you, it's for someone in your neighborhood. So let's spread the word, data and analytics and cybersecurity and all these careers. Let's engage in that kind of content. Couldn't agree more. I think I interviewed a, a chartered accountant who also became a, a data scientist a few months ago. So it's for everyone, for everyone. I think yeah. that's, a good way to, that's a good way to end. The show has been live on YouTube and should be available on podcast by tomorrow. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast and you feel that it's added value, don't forget to like, subscribe, and click on that notification bell to get automatically notified when the next episode comes out. Kumisa, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for another episode of Two Ways to Skin a Cat. Goodbye. Bye.